and welcome to episode six of the Bergen Fix podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to educate, motivate and entertain. So today's episode is probably going to be the most insightful um, podcast that I've done to date. Um, the reason being it's going to be about an injury that I sustained um, during a skiing accident a few weeks ago. Um, so I'm going to discuss all the different emotions that I've gone through and the different coping strategies that I've put in place to try and help myself during what I would say is a quite a difficult time for me. So I hope that you take something away from the episode anyway. I know it's going to be predominantly about me. I know egotistical and all that, but I do think that, um, jokes aside, I think that there's a lot that you can take from this episode. So sit back, relax, or go on a walk, um, get some fresh air while you listen to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. So first up, I just want to put a little disclaimer in. I, I really don't want to come across as over the top because I, I know that I am in a privileged situation that I recover and people have to deal with so much more worse. Um, worse? More worse? That's awful English, but anyway, we'll roll with it. Um, but to me, this injury has actually been very challenging physically and mentally um, because sport is literally, without sounding really cringe, slash this sounds really cringe, but sport is my life, it's my job, it's my passion, it's my de-stressor. Um, so obviously having that taken away from me as a result of an injury has been very challenging, um, both physically and mentally. Um, so that is why I want to talk to you about it um, today. So again, I don't want to come across as being over the top, but I do think that there's a lot that you can learn from this, as well as what I can learn while I talk about it, actually. I think that even talking about it now is going to help me to be able to you know, move forward and think about some of the emotions, reflect and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. Please don't think I'm over the top. So I'm just going to talk to you about what actually happened. So I'd love to say that I was skiing down a black slope, which is the hardest of all the slopes, and that it happened on a very difficult slope. But actually, it was a blue slope, um, which is actually fairly easy for like someone who's done a lot of lessons and been skiing quite a few times, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm skiing down this slope and I start to gather up a bit of speed, but I feel very under control throughout. And then suddenly I go to turn and one of my skis gets caught in deeper snow. As it does so, I twist around with it just short of 180 degrees. And as I do that, um, my ski didn't unclip. So the weight of the ski and my boot led my knee to only be able to go one way. So obviously my body couldn't force me back to another way I heard a click and then fell to the floor on the slope and at first I was in a bit of shock my friend was like are you okay are you okay and I didn't, I didn't say anything at this point because at this point I heard that click and I felt something move in my leg as well so I thought oh no I hope this isn't dislocated um because I know how painful that was my brother's dislocated his knee so I know you know that that's quite a painful process and you have to go on crutches blah 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 and I was like no I don't want to do that um I'll be fine so I'm just lay there and this guy comes up to me and he's like, are you okay? Do you need any help? Um, and at this point, I'm still in a little bit of shock because I'm like, my knee felt a bit dodgy. But at this point, I'm like, in denial there's a problem. I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. I said to him, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll just, just give me a moment and I'll uh, be back on my skis and I'll um, be skiing again. Um, so anyway, I then go to get up to stand up to try and clip my skiing like a few minutes later, this is. Um, and I'm using my pole to like my ski pole to get me up, obviously putting all my weight on the good leg um, just because I, I think on reflection deep down, I knew that there was something wrong, but I didn't want to face it. So I was just like, no, I'll be fine. So anyway, I get up and I go to try and put my left leg into my ski, but 
but I don't even get that far because I can't really, it feels so unstable. Um, so I was like, right, I need to, it just felt, made me feel a bit sick. So I was like, right, I need to get back down to the floor, like on the slope. So I just put myself back to, to, the, to the slope. But the slope was quite busy. Uh, it wasn't really massively busy, but there's a lot of people coming down and I wasn't in the best um, location in terms of the slope because I was in the middle. Um, so I said to my friend, right, I'm going to try and walk to the other side of the slope just to get out of the way. And at this point, I full on believed that there was no big issue. Um, like my knee felt dodgy, but I wasn't in excruciating pain or anything like that. So I'm like, do you know what? This is just a little bit of a niggle. Like I'll be fine either tomorrow or Friday I can ski. Um, but anyway, as I go to walk across the other side of the slope, I can't put any weight on it, like in terms of I can't have any stability on it. Um, so that it was then that I was like, right, okay, I need to get the stretcher down. So the guy, so we eventually get a hold of the stretcher and this guy comes along with his skis. So this, you basically get, he was checking me over and you get put into this kind of like a, in, it, it's a bag that like inflates a little bit. So, um, you, like I was lay flat in this stretcher as this guy was skiing me down the slope. Um, and my friend was following on and then my brother took over and followed back down to the bottom of the slope. And um, as he was skiing me down, he was like, am I going too fast? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this sucks. Like I've obviously got an injury, so I want to make the most of my stretcher down. So I was like, no, no, go faster. And he was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure there's not like slushy bits of snow flicking up in your face? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, not at all. I'm fine. Like, meanwhile, getting slushy bits of snow like flicking up in my face. So I get down to the bottom of the slope and uh, there's an ambulance there. And to this day, like, I still find it funny that my brother took a photo of me as I was getting into the ambulance and I still have my sunglasses on. And it just looks really funny that, I, I don't know, maybe it's a you have to see it moment or you had to be there moment, but we found it funny anyway, me and my brother. Um, anyway, so I got into the ambulance, went to hospital. And then as I was, in, I was in hospital, I was like left on a, like a bed just to the side waiting for an x-ray. Um, and then this is where, this is like my favorite story to tell. Like I, I find it really funny, like on reflection, thinking about it. And I found it funny at the time, actually. Um, so I'm going to share to you now my, my pants story. Um, yeah. So as you may or may not know, when you get an x-ray, you have to take your trousers off. So I took my trousers and I just had my pants on and they were like really ugly pants I had on. But anyway, aside from that, I'm just sat there in my pants getting the x-ray. Um, and he's done the x-ray. Then he's doing these like physical examinations with my knee. Fine. No problem. And then he, um, he started talking to me about the injury and it was then that he was like, I think you've ruptured your ACL. <laughs> thinking about it at the time, he was like, I think you've ruptured your ACL and sprained your MCL, blah, blah, blah. And thinking about it at the time, like thinking about it now, it makes me laugh because he's saying such a serious diagnosis of a, like quite a, a bad injury. And meanwhile, I'm just sat there in like these really ugly pants. But anyway, he's diagnosed it and then... I had to do like a walking assessment. So he set up a wheelchair for me and I had to walk towards the wheelchair. Bearing in mind, I am still in my pants and I walked towards the wheelchair. Um, and just as an added description, um, I was also on my period. So, you know, as you can imagine, it wasn't the nicest time to just be in your pants. 
and I'm walking towards the wheelchair. I know what you're thinking as well. Like, wow, she's had an injury and she's on a period. She must be having a bad day. <laughs> anyway, I'm walking towards the wheelchair and I sit down in the wheelchair and he's like, right, I'm just, I'm just going to create you a brace for your knee if you just sit and wait in the wheelchair. So I'm sat in the wheelchair and I've got nothing to cover me. I'm just sat in, literally in my pants and I'm wondering when I'm gonna be able to get my salopettes back on or just some sort of trousers or even just something to cover my lap just so that I can, you know, hide a little bit. And uh, so then after about 10 minutes of me just sat in this wheelchair, he was like, right, we need <laughs> we need the x-ray room for the next person now. So I'm like, oh, for goodness sake, what, what like, when am I, st- I'm still wondering when I'm gonna get my, like get told that I can put my trousers back on. Because you know like what it's like when you're like in hospital and you just kind of let them do what they need to do and you don't really fully know like what the plan is. So I was like, maybe they need me to keep my trousers off for another x-ray or something like that. I don't know. I didn't know. But anyway, he then wheels me out through the waiting room where there's loads of people still just in my pants. He's not giving me anything to cover up or anything. And I awkwardly lock eyes with this like middle-aged man. And you know when you lock eyes with someone and it's a bit awkward... It did feel a bit awkward, but I'm like, but then I'm like, is it more awkward if I look away and then I don't know where he's looking? So then I'm just like locking eyes with this man and then I get put into another room. Um, and then the funny thing is, is this woman comes into this other room like about 10 minutes later when I'm still just sat in just pants with nothing covering over my lap or anything. And she goes, oh, have you not got your trousers back on yet? <laughs> it's just, I was like, what you mean? I was thinking like, you mean to tell me I could have put them on about 15 minutes ago? But anyway, that's my pants story. I found it really funny. You might not, but. <laughs> anyway, so I left the, um, like fast forward a little bit. I left the hospital and obviously I'm still like limping around. And um, then the Thursday, so still, I did the injury on the Wednesday afternoon. Then I had Thursday and Friday and then we were due to fly back on a Saturday. So Thursday, I actually had quite a good day, all things considered, because I downloaded Super Mario Bros. on my Switch, and I was playing that, and then I watched a bit of Shark Tale as well. So I was kind of like, still really had a really good day on Thursday. Friday was a bit annoying, because I was on the phone to a travel insurance company trying to get them to sort me to get back home, because obviously I was in France at the time. Um, so that was a little bit stressful, because I wasn't sure how to get home, and it was my birthday on the Saturday, and me and my twin sister had planned to as soon as I landed to like spend the rest of the day together. And I was like, I really like just really wanted to get back for that. Um, so I was on the sort of sorted out the travel insurance stuff. And then, I mean, to be fair, traveling back wasn't too bad at all. Cause I got a private, um, transfer from the chalet to the airport. And then I, like the airport was chaotic. So I was like, just chilling, sat in my wheelchair this time with trousers on, <laughs> um, getting wheeled around the airport, get into skip queues um stuff like that so it was actually pretty decent um and then got onto the flight had three seats because i needed to put my foot up um so i chilled watching the rest of shark tale and watched notting hill um so that was a good flight and then yeah it was my birthday when i landed so traveling back wasn't too bad at all to be fair it was just a bit of a nightmare trying to figure out stuff for the travel insurance um but even at that point like it hadn't fully synced in what had what had happened and it hadn't fully synced in that you know I'd done myself a injury to my ACL like I've heard about that injury before because I know people who've gone through it and I know that it's very common in football um but it hadn't really fully sunk in at that point um 
but yeah then I got back to England and I'll explain kind of what went on from there so I'm going to discuss about what happened um in terms of my emotions and stuff as the stages of grief because when I was at university and studied injuries um I particularly remember one slide stated how injury for athletes and regular sports goers are like stages of grief what I don't want this to come across as as being like over the top or underplaying actual grief of like lost ones or loved ones because obviously I'm talking about a different kind of grief here um in a sense that I'm not like an injury is nothing like that grief that people have to sustain for the loss of loved ones so please don't think that I'm underplaying anyone in that situation at all but the easiest way of explaining my emotions with the injury is to use the stages of grief and it is common for that to be done alongside um people with injuries when you talk to them um going through stages of grief with them um so that is the only reason why i'm using this so to begin with denial i was completely in den- like i was completely denying the fact that there was a serious injury here like they told me in france that i'd injured my acl um and they told me what they think of it and they told me that the recovery period would be three to four months um at best but I was just like nah I don't think it is that like I don't think I've actually like done this injury that he's saying that I've done um and so it only really became real when I went to see the knee specialist um who said you've you've torn your ACL You've also um, sprained your MCL, um, but we don't know what other damage has been caused. So we need to send you for an urgent MRI. Um, So then at this point, I'm just like, okay, I need to start, you know, stop denying the fact that it's an issue because there's clearly quite a serious injury here that I'm going to have to deal with. Um, So, but even so, like I was Googling the accuracy of the Lachman test, which was the test that he did to diagnose, like the physical test that he did to diagnose the torn ATL. Um, I did a lot of Googling, basically. I just wanted answers. Um, so, yeah, so at first I was in complete denial of the problem. Um, and in fact, I didn't actually believe it fully until the MRI results came through. And I knew that would be the case because I knew I had to know that the MRI had been done for it to be like absolutely certain that this is the situation, this is the problem, and this is the injury. Um, So the days where I got the MRI leading up to the results were so difficult to have to deal with because I'm just constantly waiting for results. um, And my mind starts wondering, um, I'm starting to think, you know, what if... I've done quite a lot of damage on the other areas that he didn't pick up on, but the MRI can pick up on. Um, And then I was starting to think, because I just basically wanted to know, this is a situation, this is how long it's going to take to recover, crack on with the recovery. That's all I wanted to know. Um, And I thought that the MRI would give me answers for that. Um, But I'll speak later about what the current situation is. But yeah, unfortunately, I'm still left with unanswered questions. So then next up is anger. So anger stage was like kind of thoughts like, oh, why has this happened to me? Like, you know, kind of kind of feeling sorry for yourself a bit, like in a sense of, I was like, oh, all I wanted to do was like go on a, a week away skiing. Um, 
And I've not actually taken a week off work in a long time, like a full week off work in a long time. And I was really looking forward to, to that. And of course, I still really, really enjoyed the holiday and don't regret going at all. Um, but there was a bit of anger there as a result of like the situation. Um, there was anger in terms of what I'd miss out on. So I was thinking about like competitions that I had but like booked in and like also I'd have to miss out on football and my training would have to change. Uh, there was anger at having to sort out the travel insurance and I still need to sort that out because they're being so slow with that. <laughs> um, but I think most of all, like the anger came from not knowing what the situation was, but also not knowing how, like how it's going to impact things. So I was due to go to Boston um, in April to cheer on Rachel, my twin sister, who's doing the marathon. Shout out to Rachel. She's done amazing to to get that achievement so fast into her running. Um, but sorry, just a side note there. <laughs> just needed to big up Rachel. Um, but yeah, it was like uh, an anger at not being able to to go to Boston or um having to change like some plans that are coming up. Um, but yeah, so that's like the second stage, which is anger. And then you've got the bargaining, like the oh no, this isn't happening. It'll be fine. Because I, if you'll notice, like, even talking about the podcast now, I know like I flip between like different kind of emotions and way of ways of like um perceiving the injury etc and you know as that's what these last few weeks have been it's been so much emotions up and down and like I've probably cried the last few weeks than I, could, than I have like probably cried more often than the last few weeks than I have in a long time um but yeah, so next stage with the bargaining was just like, oh, I'll be fine. I wonder if I can just cycle or swim soon. Um, things like that. Maybe I'll be fine in a, in a week or so. And like bargaining, like I'll just get very strong upper body or something like that. Um, but then as I say, like comes the de depression phase of grief. Now, I don't really want to refer to it as depression because I, would, I wouldn't say it was depression. I'd just call this phase for me personally, like more like fluctuations and emotions and like low mood. Um, as I say, I was like probably been more like cried more in the last two weeks than I have done in a long time, which I'm not out of sympathy. I'm just quite happy to not happy, but I'll just be honest with you and say how it is. Like that's how I felt. Um, and you know, the way that I've coped with that is keeping a diary of how I'm feeling, um, calling up friends, having the support of my family. Like my family have been incredible during this, like really helping me out with just simple tasks I've been struggling to get um, around, particularly at the early stages of the injury. Now I'm kind of much better, but um, yeah. So the mood fluctuations as would happen with an injury and as, as will happen in life in general, like I don't think anyone should be like, feel ashamed about admitting that they've cried. Like I'm, I'll admit that I've cried. Um, times can be tough and unfortunately well fortunately we're all human we feel those emotions and you just gotta accept that and I know that you know it's not forever um and I also know that there's going to be times where I'm not in a low mood but the fluctuations of emotions have been quite difficult the last few weeks and just like randomly like just crying it's just like it's exhausting crying as well it's tiring <laughs> it's more tiring than a workout sometimes uh <laughs> but yeah so that's sort of the uh the depression phase, if we're talking about stages of grief, but in my um, definition of it, I'm just going to call it like low mood and fluctuations in emotions. So the next stage is acceptance. Um, 
I still don't think I've hit this stage yet, to be honest. The reason why is, as I said earlier, like I was hoping that the MRI scan would give me a clear, this is what the situation is, whether I'd have to have like surgery or not. And then therefore I could plan, plan ahead with that and just know what the situation is. Whereas unfortunately, because of the complex situation um, that my knee is in, um, it's hard for them to say just yet whether I'd need surgery. Um, so it could be a case where I just need one area of my knee like surgically operated on. It could be that I need two, including the ACL, or it could be that I need none. Now, with all of those different scenarios, there's different recovery time periods from the best case scenario being three to four months to then maybe uh, with the one surgery that doesn't involve the ACL, maybe like four to five. But then obviously, if you clued up on the ACL reconstruction surgery, then that can be like six to nine months post-surgery that you're looking at recovery. So for that reason, like I'm finding it at the moment really difficult to be able to accept the situation because I don't fully know the situation. Like, and want at the moment my focus is on my physio exercises and trying to get the leg as strong as it can can be um, before my next consultation with my knee specialist. But until I get that next consultation with the knee specialist, I I don't know what situation I'm going to find myself in. So therefore, I find the acceptance phase hard to hit because how can you accept something when you don't know the full situation? Um, So that's what I'm finding quite difficult at the moment. And as much as I'm trying to focus on the physio exercises and the strengthening of the leg, like I'm, I'm doing it in a gym. So it feels like, like kind of, it, it feels like I'm getting a training session in and like, it feels like old times where I'd be, (laughs) sorry, I'm getting a bit emotional now. Um, Right. Yeah, so I do it in the, in the gym. Um, but it's also a bit like rubs it in your face when other people are doing like what you want to be doing and training how you want to be training. And you're just like there doing an exercise where you're literally just trying to balance on one leg. And then like, sorry about that. <laughs> and then like things like just trying to do simple tasks like walking upstairs is effort and like trying to get around with crutches, limping all the time. Like it's just inefficient and like paying money on taxis. Like all of these things are just so frustrating. Um, but, you know, it will get better from from there. And it, you know, it's just one of those things, I guess. Just things like this happen. There's going to be a lesson in here somewhere. Uh, I just need to find it um, with this whole situation. Um, but yeah, like simple things. Like we went to a Stormzy concert a few weeks ago and like being around so many people on crutches no one really seems to be bothered <laughs> which is fine like I, I get it people are rushing around it's a busy crowd they can't exactly prevent people from coming like near me and things like that but it's just like anxieties of people like knocking it and touching it um and also Stormzy if you saw our recent Instagram post Stormzy was quite like Stormzy was so so good like I really really enjoyed it and Two songs that he sang have been like massive songs in terms of one of them was played at a competition that my first ever competition I did. And another song that he does, that he performed at the concert is like the song that I'd put on for a PB. Um, so it was like, while they were playing, it's like the realization that, you know, it's gonna be a while until I do 
both those things compete and and get a PB. But I just need to, you know, reframe it in my head of a PB is now not a 110 kilo squat. It's a squat without any weights um, to put, like to be able to get full depth on a, just a normal squat. But yeah, it's just like s- certain things like that just like hits you a little bit and then you get a bit emotional, kind of like I am now. But And then you finally get over it and you see a different reflection on it. And, you know, instead it's like, oh, do you know what? This is a situation. Um, Yeah, I can't squat 110 kilos for now or try and get that PB. But what I can do is work on the strength of my leg um, so that in the future I can get back to that. Um, So it's just kind of like trying to reframe things in my head that helps. So where am I today in terms of like well, how am I feeling today? Um, I actually wrote a a diary entry cue. Um, I wrote a diary entry into my diary this morning, so I'm just going to read that out to you um, now. So I <laughs> I only really focus on the fact that I might need surgery. Um, that actually never processed how long this recovery period was going to be. So three three to four months is the best case scenario. That takes us to June slash July. As I think of this, a wave of emotions overcomes me and I feel upset that I can't train how I want to until the best case scenario of June or July. It's the uncertainty that I struggle to deal with. My injury is a little complex, so I don't know if I need zero surgeries, one or two. With each surgery comes a very different recovery period. The last time I remember feeling these emotions of uncertainty so strongly was during the outbreak of COVID when I first found out that gyms would be closing And I was so uncertain of the future and whether I could still PT and maintain my business. And I did. The harder difference is that when I was going through that, I had exercise to help me relieve stress, but now I don't. But as I write this, that sadness and unnerving feeling of uncertainty fades and it turns into determination. I like a challenge. The goalposts just shift. Instead of a 110 kilo squat, the goal is squat full depth with no weight. To be fair, it doesn't actually matter how big or small the goal is. Just having something to strive for is motivating. So my first session's done. I'm lucky to have been seen to by some of the best specialists in terms of the knee surgeon and the physio. And to be able to get that so quickly after the the injury is really promising for my recovery. So all I need to do now is just focus on the recovery and accept that there's going to be feelings of up and down emotions. But the one thing that I know for certain is if I get surgery or I don't get surgery, I'm going to be able to deal with it as I need to deal with it and whatever challenge I face I have the determination to be able to get through it God, I feel I feel quite cathartic now I feel like speaking about this whole situation on this podcast talking through the different processes what I've gone through I actually want to give myself a bit of credit for the way that I've dealt with it as well um big up myself <laughs> because it's not the easiest thing in the world to have to deal with, particularly when sport is such a big part of your life. But as well as that, you know, I've still been able to work. I've not taken any time off work since coming back skiing. Um, and I think I should be proud of myself for that. And also just ha- like my attitude towards the physio exercises, being determined to be able to get through it. Um even though like I I do have um, some sadness at times, I do think for the most part, I'm actually dealing with it really well. Um, 
I've come up with different coping strategies to help myself, like talking to people on the phone, um, distracting myself with starting watching a new Netflix series, focusing a lot on business stuff like work, online programming for clients. Um, to be fair, my my job, like luckily for me and lucky that I'm so passionate about it has actually been such a big thing for me to help these last few weeks. Like just seeing my clients and having the normality and the structure of seeing my clients that I see every week chatting to them about how they've done like seeing them get in personal best seeing them get stronger is actually like really satisfying and rewarding for me at the moment um so you know if you're a client and you're listening to this thank you so much for your efforts during pt and you know you really helped me um you might not know it but you really helped me these last few weeks even just taking my mind off things by having a chat with me um during your sessions as well as obviously pushing yourselves so thank you for that. Thank you as well to um, friends, family, people who have helped me out so far with um, dealing with the injury. Um, I appreciate that and appreciate you. I want to finish with three lessons that I've learned so far about my injury. Number one is, um, I'm going to say resilience in the sense of for the most part, as I say, I've been pretty positive with it. Um, so I'm proud of myself for that. But also I'm proud of myself for letting myself be like upset and let those emotions out. Number two um, that I've learned is that actually not being able to train how you want to train is frustrating. But it makes you realise just how much you take things for granted. So there might have been times where I'm, I don't know, I might have looked at my left leg and thought, oh, I wish that was more toned or this, that and the other. Well, actually, right now, that none of the, that is like as far away as I'm thinking about when I'm looking at my left leg. Instead, I'm looking at it thinking, I can't wait for you to be fully functional. Uh, so it's taken for granted things that you've got or maybe like like taking taking for granted how lucky I was to be able to train at the intensity that I was with the with my body and be, being able to appreciate that because I don't think I appreciated that enough um and number three is I've not really learned it because I knew it already but it's just how supportive everyone's been and that's that really touches me like that people take their time out to send me messages to see if I'm okay or like send me like gifts or memes to cheer me up and things like that and um it, it doesn't go underappreciated because it's actually massively appreciated um they're my three main things that i would like to point out to you finally i just want to say thank you to you for listening to this podcast it's not been like the others in the sense that it's not as it's not been as cheery as other ones might have been or um there was times where it was probably quite negative. Um, but I just wanted to try and be real with you in terms of how I've been the last few weeks, how it is dealing with a, a injury, um, particularly when sport is a big part of your life. Um, and if you take anything away from this, just remember that if you're going through a tough time, there are ways of going, getting through it. Think about your coping strategies. Think about who you might be able to reach out to, how you might help yourself get through the, the difficult time that you're going through. Um, and just remember that it's it's not forever and accept that if you are feeling upset about something that's going on in your life at the moment, then that is also okay because um, negative emotions are just as important to feel as much as positive ones. But see what you can do to, you know, try and reduce, try and turn um, 
your situation into a positive maybe or trying to see it in a different light or trying to see it as in what can you learn from this situation instead of oh poor me I'm in this situation if that makes any sense um, I hope you can relate it to something in your life but yeah thank you for listening you've been listening to the Bergen Fitness Podcast the purpose of the podcast is to educate motivate and entertain you thank you for listening and I'll speak to you soon